Chapter seventy two of Half a Century by Jane Grey Swisshelm. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. More victims and a change of base. One day at noon, the air thrilled with martial music and the earth shook under the tramp of men as seven thousand splendid troops marched up Princess Anne Street on their way to reinforce our army, whose rear was about eight miles from us they were in superb order and the forts around washington had been stripped of their garrisons and most of their guns to furnish them but the generalship which cut our army off from its base of supplies and blundered into the battle of the wilderness like a blind horse into a briar-patch without shelling or burning the dry chaparral in which our dead and wounded were consumed together after the battle had made no arrangements for the safe arrival of its reinforcements so they were ambushed soon after passing through fredericksburg and that night before ten o'clock all the places i had succeeded in making vacant were filled with the wounded from this reinforcement how many of them were brought to fredericksburg i do not know but it must have been a good many when some were sent to my den of horrors one evening after dark i went to the dispensary and found a surgeon just in from the front for supplies while they were being put up he told us of the horrible carnage at spotsylvania that day when the troops had been hurled again and again against impregnable fortifications under a rain of rifle balls which cut down a solid white oak tree eighteen inches in diameter the battle had ceased for the night and it was not known whether it would be renewed in the morning but if it is said the speaker it will be the bloodiest day of the war and we must be whipped routed the rebels are behind breastworks which cannot be carried any man but grant would have known that this morning but he is to fight it out on this line and it is generally thought he will try again in the morning if he does it will be a worse rout than bull run no one was present but the surgeon in charge of the church the dispensary clerk and myself so he was no alarmist for when he had done speaking he took his package mounted his horse and left people had said through the day that the roar of guns was heard in the higher portions of the city but no news of the battle seemed to have reached it during all the next day i spent it in preparing for the worst warned georgie and tightened the reins on my nurses i had had no reason to complain of any and felt that i should hold them to duty even through a rout it also seemed well to know where our wounded were located in that part of the city so that if an attempt were made to remove them in a hurry there might not be any overlooked at half-past eleven that night i had heard nothing from the front and went to sleep with heavy forebodings at two o'clock i was aroused by the sounds of a moving multitude rose and looked out to see under the starlight a black stream pouring down the side street on the corner of which our quarters were situated and turning down princess anne toward the river landing to me it was the nation going to her doom passing through the little period of starlight on into the darkness and the unknown in louisville i had learned to believe that the eternal verities demanded the destruction of our government true the south had beaten the north in her bloody struggle for the privilege of holding her slaves while she flogged them but i could see in this no reason why the north should be chosen as freedom's standard-bearer our ignoble emancipation proclamation had furnished no rock of moral principle on which to plant her feet 
while she struggled in that bloody surf god was blotting out our name from among the nations that he might plant here a government worthy of such a country i calculated there was a rear guard that would hold the enemy back until morning and did not wake georgie who needed sleep but i must be with my men who would be alarmed by the unusual sounds must see that these nurses did not run away to get to my post i must cross that stream and as i stood waiting on the bank could see that it was not composed of men in martial array it met exactly all my previous conceptions of a disorderly flight there were men in and out of uniforms men rolled in blankets men on horseback and men on foot cannon caissons baggage wagons beef cattle ambulances and nondescripts all mixed and mingled filling the street from wall to wall no one speaking a word and all intent on getting forward as fast as possible so thickly were they packed that i waited in vain as much as twenty minutes for some opening through which i might work my way to the other side and at last called the vedette who came and helped me over reaching the theatre i found many of the men awake and listening when among them and whispered as i did something for each that there was some movement on the street i did not understand but should probably know about in the morning during the suspense of those dark hours and all the next day i was constantly reminded of the bible metaphor of a nail fastened in a sure place the absolute confidence which those men reposed in me the comfort and strength i could give them were so out of proportion to my strength that it was a study i was a very small nail but so securely fastened in the source of all strength that they could hold by me in hope even when there seemed nothing to hope for as for me all the armies of the world and the world itself might melt or blow away but i should be safe with god and know that for every creature he was working out some noble destiny all the pain and sorrow and defeat were rough places briars in an upward path to something we should all rejoice to see all day that dark stream surged around that corner and i took heart that the flight was not disorderly since i heard of none coming by any other street all day the work went on as usual at the old theatre and i made short excursions to other places up that street in one end of an engine-house up a narrow winding stair i found a room full of men deserted and in a most pitiable condition they were all supposed to be fever cases but one young man had an ankle wound in which inflammation had appeared i hurried to the surgeons stationed in the far end of the building and reported the case they sent immediately for the man and i knew in two hours that the amputation had been successful and barely in time as i went on that errand i met two christian commission men walking leisurely admiring the light of the rising sun on the old buildings and told them of the urgent demand for help and chicken broth or beef broth and water up in that room they were polite and promised to go as soon as possible to the relief of that distress but when i returned and up to the last knowledge i had of the case they had not been there i secured a can of cooked turkey the only one i ever saw and a pitcher of hot water and with these made a substitute for chicken broth and gave them all drinks of water bathed their faces found one of their absent nurses made him promise to stay and went back to the main building to have some one see that he kept his word here was a large floor almost covered with wounded 
and among them a woman stumbled about weeping wailing boo-hooing and wringing her hands i caught her wrist and said what is the matter oh 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 boo-hoo boo-hoo the poor fellow is going to die and wants me to write to his mother well write to her and keep quiet need not kill all the rest of them because he's going to die oh boo-hoo some people have no feelings but i got feelings i led her to the surgeon in charge who sent her and her feelings to her quarters and told her not to come back she was the only one of the dick's nurses i saw in fredericksburg and her large flat flabby face was almost hideous with its lack of eyebrows and lashes but this hideousness must have been her recommendation as she could not have been more than twenty years old from the engine-house i went to the methodist church miss hancock had been detailed to the general hospital just being established and i found a house full of men in sad condition nine o'clock on a hot morning and no wounds dressed bandages dry and hard men thirsty and feverish nurses out watching that stream pouring through the city and patients helpless and despondent i got a basin of water and a clean rag never cared for sponges and went from one to another dripping water in behind those bandages to ease the torment of lint splints brought drinks and talked to call their attention from the infinite dread which filled the air and got up considerable interest in i do not remember what but something which set them to talking some wounds i dressed and while engaged on one a man called from the other side of the house to know what the fun was all about when the man whose wound i was attending placed a hand on each of his sides screamed with laughter and replied oh jim do get her to dress your wound for i swear she'd make a dead man laugh i found some of the nurses a surgeon came in who would i thought attend to them and i went back to my post to find every man on duty it was near sundown when we heard that this backward movement was a change of base but to me it seemed more like looking for a base as there had been none to change the stream thickened toward nightfall and continued until two o'clock next morning so that our army was twenty-four hours passing through fredericksburg and in that time i do not think a man strayed off on to any other street all poured down that side street turned that corner and went on down princess anne End of chapter seventy two